When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. You're listening to The Other Connor Podcast, a part of the Hockey Podcast Network. Here's your host, Connor Halley. Hello, Oilers fans. Thank you once again for tuning in to The Other Connor Podcast here on the Hockey Podcast Network. My name, of course, Connor Halley. As per usual with you here, you can give me a follow on Twitter at Connor Halley. Before we get going today, quick shout out to our sponsor, DraftKings. Of course, you can always sign up for DraftKings, and when you do so, make sure to use promo code THPN with the NHL underway, the NBA in full swing as well. You can have a lot of fun with Daily Fantasy Sports. Promo code THPN helps you out a long way with that one. And of course, NFL on the weekend, you can have a lot of fun there. So check it out, DraftKings. Do so responsibly. Great start for the Edmonton Oilers to this 2021-2022 NHL season. Of course, now 8-1 on the season after they knocked off the Nashville Predators 5-2 on Wednesday night. Connor McDavid, Leon Dreisettle reunited. And for Oilers fans, it felt so good. Those guys, of course, always have a lot of success when they play together. After a slow start to the season, Kyler Yamamoto scoring for the second consecutive game, bringing his total up to two on the season. That's something to watch out for the rest of the year. Yessi Pugliarvi, the Bison King, he got another goal after a, a little bit of a mini slump. Now, it was an empty netter. We'll, we'll count that, but uh, good for him to get back on the score sheet. Mikko Koskinen, after that bad game in Philly last week, he's bounced back quite well and been what the Oilers needed between the pipes. So uh, a good game for the Oilers on Wednesday night, and now they will turn their attention to the New York Rangers, who they go up against on Friday. Of course, it is the Kevin Lowe Jersey Retirement Night, so they've got some ceremonies going on before the game. Puck drop will be at 7.30, and it should be a fun one. The New York Rangers... Stingy defensively. They don't score a lot of goals, but they don't give up a lot of goals. So should be an interesting one on a Friday night. I'm sure the Oilers uh, will look to get going early and often. One thing I want to talk about during that game, and, and we'll talk about it throughout this show with uh, Hernan Salas is going to join me later on here, but Leon Dreisettle's goal on the power play, uh, the one where he, he shoots it from just off the sidewall there and goes top shelf. What a finish. World-class finish from Leon Dreisettle. For a guy who entered the league as a guy who was kind of considered as a distributor, my goodness, that guy has added such an element to his game where the guy is a finisher now. That shot was absolutely unbelievable. He had really nowhere to go with that puck except top corner. He placed it perfectly, and uh my goodness, I, I tweeted it out. There's a replay there. I can't get over it. That's just such a nice finish for Leon Dreisaitl and uh, showing why he is one of the top goal scorers in the NHL. Uh, I teased it a little bit. We will have Hernan Salas on the show today of TSN 1260. Of course, he's on the uh, Don Wheaton on White Post Game Show with Tom Gazzola. You can also catch him on the Two Guys in a Goalie podcast, the Locked On Oilers. He's on Twitter at Hernan Man. We'll talk to him about the Oilers' win on Wednesday night and quickly look ahead to Friday's game against the New York Rangers. Speaking of those New York Rangers, we're also going to talk to Arthur Staple, who covers the Rangers for The Athletic. You can give him a follow on Twitter at StapeAthletic. He's actually covering the Rangers and the Islanders, so doing double duty, but right now on the road covering the New York Rangers. We'll talk to Arthur about how the season has started for 
the blue shirts and uh, what we can expect from them on Friday night. And we're also going to talk to Lance Cardinal. Now, if you don't know who Lance is, he's a local artist in the Edmonton area, and he was a part of the Indigenous Celebration Night on a Monday when the Oilers, uh, they knocked off the Seattle Kraken 5-2, to two, but the Oilers organization did a lot of really cool stuff to honor the Indigenous community and the heritage that we have in our area. And one of the cool things that they did was a modification of the logo. And it, it was all around the Ice District. It was up in the arena. You probably saw it on social media. And uh, Lance was the guy who did it all. So we're going to talk to Lance about how it came to be, you know, his career in art and, and what the process was like developing this logo. It's got the turtle on it. We'll hear the story of that. A very cool interview. I promise you, you're going to want to hear that. We'll get to it later on in the show. But let's kick things off talking about the Oilers on the ice. Hernan South, TSN 1260, joins me. Hernan, how are you doing today? Good, man. Good. Good. We're, we're rolling live right here, and I, I appreciate you sitting through my whole spiel there. Um, Edmonton Oilers, big 5-2 win on Wednesday night over the Nashville Predators. Going into that game, I, I feel like most people thought that's a game they can win. They probably should win the way things were going. Although the Preds were playing pretty good, happy, uh, pretty good hockey throughout that uh, the start of the season. As of late, uh, what stood out to you in the Oilers' win? Uh just the way to kind of find their way. And, and I, I'm going to give a lot of credit to the coaching. He his team wasn't going in the first, Connor. Uh, I thought Nashville was a better team. They got the power play goal, but there wasn't much going on. They didn't have a lot of juice. And then you saw the line shuffle in the second period, and it turned the game around. I thought Edmonton, even though it was still close after 40, but Shore gave that third line some jump. The the two big guys playing together gave the team some jump. Yamamoto's goal was huge as well, playing on that second line with Nugent and Hyman. So I'll give credit to the coach. He, he, um, He noticed things weren't going well early on. He made a change, and it worked out. So is it always going to work out? No, but it did last night, and the Oilers picked up another valuable uh, win. These points count, Connor. I know it's early, and people want to downplay everything the Edmonton Oilers are doing, but it's good. And listen, back-to-back games, they get a team on the second of back-to-backs. You have to take advantage of that. you got two backup goalies. You have to win these games. And in the past, the Oilers wouldn't. Mm Mm-hmm. Right, they'd let these teams off the hook, and that's why I say this team is different. They're 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 doing this, and and they're winning games that in the past they didn't. And enough with the argument that well, they're you know they're getting lucky with the back to backs. Remember, Calgary always used to get the back to backs <laughs> when the teams that used to come out west. Yeah, they'd come to Edmonton first, and then Calgary would get their back up in a tired team. So uh, I'm giving the the uh, I was gonna say I keep wanting to say the Elks, the Edmonton Oilers, all the credit in the world. You don't fluke into eight wins out of nine games. Yeah, well, we'll be doing our outcast uh, later on Thursday yeah. evening, so people can check with that Matthew out. Wannick. with Matthew Wanick. With Matthew Wanick, plug the uh, the outcast there, of course. <laughs> and uh, and you know what, honestly, like the back to back, it's a thing. I I think there's a point in the game where that fatigue kicks in, but you're flying first class, you're going straight to your luxury hotel, like it's an hour flight, not even. Like I I, I think that yeah, you can you can build it up if you want to, but the Oilers are taking care of business, and exactly if that's what you're going to say to detract away from their wins, personally, I don't really want to hear it. Um, how about Kyler Yamamoto? Slow start to the year. Now he's got two goals in two games. Uh, is he back or not? It's pretty quiet out there for all the Yamo hits. And listen, <laughs> Connor, I'm not sitting here saying, oh, good, you know, I'm defending him. I get that he has to produce if he's playing in the top six. But the difference was this year that the team started off well. They're getting production from other players. You didn't need Yamamoto to produce right away. Yeah. Let him find his way. And yes, he came in late with the contract and, he, he struggled last year. He snake bit. He couldn't find the goal. But it was only seven games in, and everybody wanted to get rid of this guy. Like everyone. Well, not everyone. I shouldn't say everyone. Sorry. Some, uh, people. some people. Wanted to get rid of this guy. He gets one 
on Monday night, and then we said it. We all said it, Connor. We said he's going to start scoring in bunches now. He does that yesterday with another nice goal. So I'm not sitting here saying Yamamoto's going to score 20. I don't know if he's that player, okay? And and that run they had in, in early 2020 with Dry and, and Nugent Hopkins, we probably won't see that kind of production again. But if they can come close to that, it's going to be good. If he can score... Hell, 15 to 20, you're going to be happy. So I'm, I'm, I'm happy for him because he's playing well. And I think a part of his game that's very underrated and no one talks about, how good he is on the PK. He's one mm. of the top four guys for forwards. You yeah. realize that. They use six sometimes depending on who's in the box, but he's always with the top four. Yeah. He's always with Derek Ryan. So Yamamoto was playing well. Dave Tippett was patient because he does the little things right. He defends well. He doesn't cheat. Uh, so for me, I'm happy for him because he was taking a lot of heat, and I, and I felt it was a little unfair. Like he became the whipping boy. Oh yeah, and I mean yeah. that, that's nothing new, right? There's always someone in this town among the fan base that people want to rip on, and then you'll have the diehards who will battle for him, and there's yeah. going to be that that <laughs> battle on Twitter or social media, or whatever. But it never ends, man. You, you know what? I I look at Kyler Yamamoto, and I think like even if this guy, if he can't hang on to that second line spot, is him dropping down to that third line the worst thing and no. contributing on special teams like? You need good third line players and, you know, if chip in offensively, maybe 10, 10, 12 goals a year. And, and if that were to happen, that means that the Edmonton Oilers find a better second line winger and are able to do that. And maybe that's still in Holloway, right? Like maybe, maybe he steps in after the Olympic break and he's healthy and he had a little run with the Bakersfield Condors and he's ready to go. Like that's, that's not necessarily the worst thing, but I agree with you. The people who were, uh, freaking out and, and wanted to see those changes when you're winning hockey games and, you know, going into, the games before he had the two goals, they were six and one. That's not the time to make the changes. You can make little tweaks, but, uh, for Kyler Yamamoto, good for him. Good for him to stick with it and, and figure it out. And you hope that success continues. And, uh, I guess we'll see what happens going forward. Uh, Hernan, Mike Smith, uh, it seems like they're slow playing him. I know Tom Gazzola tweeted out today that he and, uh, coach Tippett had a conversation after practice. Dave Tippett adding that, you know, maybe they want to get Stuart Skinner in there eventually. I've liked what Miko Koskinen has done, and I I don't want to, you know, sound like a I don't know a broken record and be the guy who's like, well, eventually he's going to slow down. But you know, he he's played very good this season, with the exception of the game in Philadelphia. Do you think you can ride Miko Koskinen any longer if Mike Smith is out, or do you have to give Stuart Skinner a chance? I think you have to give Stuart Skinner a chance. I'm not saying tomorrow, but next week you get a back-to-back. So you're on the road. Uh, Miko Koskinen, we've seen him play well in stretches, and then he kind of falls off when he's playing too much. So. I don't know. I mean, Miko's been really good. He's six and one. Uh, Skinner, he's kind of a wild card. We really don't know what to expect. He looked good in the preseason. He looked a lot calmer in net. And Mike Smith looks like, and, and you know what? When you're eight and one, you can afford to rest Mike Smith a little bit more. It doesn't seem like he's comfortable or ready to go just yet. So yeah, I want to see Skinner on the road trip though. I, I'd still go with Koskinen for tomorrow because the Rangers are a dangerous team. And I think of the two goalies right now, I mean, the way Koskinen is playing the records, the numbers, I mean, he's got to be feeling good, so why would you go away from him? But on the road, sure, why not? Uh, I'm going to have Arthur Staple on the podcast later on here talk about the New York Rangers, but, you know, you look at this team, Adam Fox, I mean, the guy's a stud. You've got the Breadman Panarin, uh, the former first overall pick, Lafreniere. You've got Mika Zibinijad, uh, goaltending for them has been very good right now. They are, I think, you know, going into to the game on Friday. It's like a plus two goal differential, but they're still second in their conference. Yeah. Um, or in their division, sorry. Like, they, they play a tight checking game. What are you expecting from this game on Friday night? I think it's going to be tough. I think it's going to be their biggest test yet. Uh, like you said, that big line is really good. I saw the Vancouver game. Uh, they, I mean, Garland made some good plays. I, I wouldn't put it on 
all on the Rangers. And over time, I mean, it's a crapshoot, right? I mean, anything yeah. could happen there. So uh, Shesterkin's playing extremely well. So it's a, it's going to be a good test, uh, Connor. I think this is going to be their toughest game yet, and we'll see how they uh, they fare against uh, an East Coast team. And it's exciting to see the Rangers back in town. It's been a long time, so. I, I like the makeup of their team, but I think the Oilers can go toe-to-toe with anyone right now. But it's going to be a fun game. Yeah, it's going to be a fun night. Uh, Kevin Lowe having his number hung up in the rafters, joining some of his teammates from the great Oilers dynasty. Hernan, looking forward to it. Um, and like you say, man, I, I can't wait for these Eastern Conference American teams to yeah. start making their way down to the Ice District, the Sidney Crosby's, the you know the Steven Stamkos, the Huberdos. It's going to be a lot of fun mm-hmm. when that happens. Um Man, the Boston Bruins. Uh, we, got, the Bruins. we got a Bruins game coming up. It's going to be a lot of fun. Hernan, thanks a lot for doing this today. Of course, man. Excellent stuff from Hernan Salas of TSN 1260. Make sure to give him a follow on Twitter, at Hernan Demand. Of course, he's got the Locked on Oilers podcast. He's part of the Lowdown with Low Tide. Two guys and a goalie. He's on the Don Wheaton on White postgame shows on TSN 1260. He's also on the Elks pre- and postgame show. The guy's everywhere. Like I said, though, give him a follow on Twitter at Hernandeman. That's the best way to keep track of all of it. Appreciate him coming on, talking about those Edmonton Oilers. But right now, let's talk a little bit about the New York Rangers, the team the Oilers will face on Friday night. It's a 7.30 puck drop down at the Ice District. Of course, the team will retire Kevin Lowe's number four up to the rafters. If you're looking for pregame coverage, Tom Gazzola, Matt Cassin, and myself will have you covered on TSN 1260. Beginning at 6 o'clock, the Rangers this year. Six and two on the season, a couple overtime losses. You look at their goal for goal differential. It's only two. It's plus two now. That, that's a good sign, but they've only scored 24 goals for and they've given up 22 goals against. Uh, a team that has six wins, that tells you they play tight checking hockey. Something's got to give. And for the Rangers perspective, we now bring in Arthur Staple. He, of course, covers the team with the athletic. Arthur, thanks so much for doing this today. How are you doing? I'm good, Connor. How you doing? Oh, I'm doing really good, thanks. And I, I know you're traveling with the Rangers right now uh, back in Canada. How good is it to be back on the road after what we went through last season? It is nice. It's uh, It's been a definite change for the better to be able to see guys in person. And, you know, it's still it's still a little different than it used to be, obviously, with, with COVID and trying to keep your distance and masks and things like that. But we're kind of inching back in the right direction, which is good. Now, uh, for the New York Rangers, obviously 10 games played this season, currently with a record of 6-2-2. Two, and two. Uh, It's early, but uh, how, how have they looked for you so far, and have, have they met the expectations that you thought you'd see from this group? And obviously, the record is good, and that's really the most important thing. I don't, I don't know that they're quite comfortable yet with the style that Gerard Gallant wants them to play, but... Um, you know they've they've got some incredible goaltending from Igor Shesterkin. He's stolen them a few games, and I think they're starting to figure out how to be comfortable in these in these closer games, these low scoring games, which they really quite weren't the last couple of years, where they really wanted to open it up and, and use some of their high end skill, and uh, and kind of nailing that that aspect of their game down. I think is is going to help them in the long run. If they're able to win some of these games when they're not at their best, uh, if they can get to their best, they're going to be a dangerous team as we go along this season. Yeah, and just looking at this standing series statistics-wise, uh, plus two goal differential, uh, 24 goals for, 22 against. So obviously uh, tight hockey games. When you watch them, I think a lot of people from the outside might look at that and say, oh, this could be a tight checking, maybe a boring defensive hockey game. Is, has that been what you've seen from the team? No, they do give up some good chances, and uh, <laughs> you know they've been they've become a little too uh, I, I think a little too familiar with with watching Igor Shesterkin, you know, c- 
contort himself into a pretzel to, to really stop some shots. And it seems like every game he's got one or two saves that are that are just uh, you wonder where they came from. But uh, but I think you know the way that their power play is rounding into shape. I think uh, kind of leading their offensive charge. If they can get it together a little bit more five on five to to generate more offense, generate more chances, and prevent a few more chances, I think they'll kind of be more where they want to be. Uh, obviously, uh, big news for the New York Rangers this week as they lock up uh, Adam Fox with a big contract. Um, one of the guys who's been, you know, one of the best defensemen in the NHL the last couple of years here, off to a great start offensively again this season. What makes him so good for the Rangers? It's just, you know, it really is the high IQ that he has, um, you know, and then he can kind of translate it into doing some things that a lot of other defensemen can't do. He's not going to overwhelm you with any one aspect of his game. He doesn't have, uh, you know, incredible speed or, you know, a, a big, big shot. Um, but he has... He has a you know just great vision, I think, for the ice, whether he's got the puck or without the puck. And I think he's always thinking two or three moves ahead where he's able to, to pick a pass off and already have a play in mind to make. Um, and, you know, the fact that he's got some players around him who are able to weed off him, especially on the power play, uh, is going to keep his numbers real high. And, and just his ability to go back out there for 24, 25 minutes a night um, is a huge asset for the Rangers. And, you know their defense hasn't been hasn't been quite as strong as they'd like it to be, but obviously when you got a guy like him back there, he's a huge hugely important to whatever they're going to do. And and locking him up for seven years was was a big uh, a big coup for Chris Jury, especially this early in the season, not to have to worry about that as you get down to the time when he might become a restricted free agent next off season. Uh, when you take on the Rangers, obviously offensively, Artemi Panarin is the, the one you look at, Chris Kreider, because the Binijan as well having good seasons. I want to ask you, though, about a second-year player, obviously taking first overall in the 2020 NHL interdraft, Alexi Lafreniere. What have you thought about his game so far this season? You know, a little inconsistent. He started the season on the top line with Zibanejad and Chris Kreider and sort of developed more into a, a bit better chemistry uh, on the third line with Philip Heedle and Sammy Blay. Uh, a bit of a younger group of guys. Um, you don't see the kind of the game dominating abilities from Lafreniere that you sort of think of with a first overall pick, but there have definitely been flashes. You know, scoring a, a late winning goal in Montreal earlier in the season and in his hometown was, was I think a big marker for him. And and their five on five struggles uh, to score goals. He's he leads them with three five on five goals. He doesn't really get much power play time yet, but I think if he can kind of develop himself into a, a really well-rounded five-on-five player. The the rest of it's going to come where where he is able to get more power play time, and you'll see his numbers go up. But I think for now, it's still still a bit of a work in progress for him. And uh, you know, I think it's just more fitting into the overall team-wide effort that I think Gerard Gallant wants to see, as opposed to seeing someone kind of dominate and maybe not pay attention to the other end of the ice. We're discussing the New York Rangers with Arthur Staple of the Athletic as the Oilers host New York on a Friday night. Uh, I got to ask you, with, when you see upcoming on the schedule a team with the like the Oilers with Connor McDavid, Leon Draisaitl, obviously creates a lot of mismatch problems. Uh, what do you think Coach Gallant will do to try to neutralize those two uh, in terms of matchups, especially you know having second change being on the road? Yeah, I think it's going to be a lot of Adam Fox and Ryan Lindgren whenever he can, or, or maybe Keandre Miller and Jacob Trouba have also been a pretty solid second pair. Um, you know, I think the Rangers get into a little bit of trouble when uh, when they have their third pair on the ice in terms of their defense, and I'm sure the Oilers are going to look to exploit that. Um, 
And just up front, you know, I think they've they've gotten, like I said, they've gotten some good play from some of their, you know, from their bottom six. I think their 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 top six forwards haven't quite been as strong as you'd like them to be. So I think maybe you're going to see Sabanajad and Kreider, and if it's Barkley Goodrow on the left side, maybe you turn that into more of a matchup checking line rather than worrying too much about getting the puck in the offensive zone. Just the, they've been a little bit loose in their own end with with zone exits and kind of controlling the puck, getting up the ice to create scoring chances, which is really one of their hallmarks the last couple of years to be able to get out of their zone with speed and get moving into the offensive zone and catch teams off guard. So I think they're going to be really uh, trying to be really committed to to keeping McDavid away from the danger areas, which obviously teams all teams have a difficulty doing, but this team in particular with the Rangers, just the way that they've been playing in their own end, I think they're going to have to really pay close attention to shoring that up to, to be able to have some success in Edmonton on Friday. Obviously one of the big things that the Oilers do very well is that power play, having it out there with McDavid, Dreisaitl, kind of the, the main guys with that group. The New York Rangers, though, do have a top 10 penalty kill. How much of an emphasis do you think there will be just to play that clean game and avoid the risk of letting those superstars be out there together on the ice? Well, they took six penalties the other night here in Vancouver, so maybe they got it out of their system because they really put themselves in a bit of a dangerous spot against the Canucks. And Igor Shosturkin and, and, a, and a pretty good effort for some of their penalty killers was able to bail them out. I don't know that they're going to be as successful if they if they make a parade to the penalty box again in Edmonton. Um, but really, Shosturkin has been kind of the main penalty killer, as, as coaches like to point out. Uh, this is a guy who has stares down a lot of wide open chances or screen chances and seems to be able to come out with a save uh, out of nowhere. So I don't know that again that they want to be relying on him night after night, but uh, but I think their penalty kill is really what you know. Shesterkin is the guy that drives their penalty kill, and they'll have to hope that he can do it again and, and try not to get him get into a match where they're playing a lot of special teams against such a good team like the Oilers. Arthur, thanks so much for doing this today. I really appreciate it, and uh, hopefully it's not too chilly when you get here. Uh, right now the weather uh, a little bit better than typical, so hopefully you'll stay warm when you get here. That sounds good. Thanks, Connor. Great stuff from Arthur Staple of The Athletic. Give him a follow on Twitter at Stape Athletic, talking about the New York Rangers. And, uh, man, they've got some nice pieces on this team. I think it's going to be a lot of fun on Friday night down at the Ice District. 7.30 puck drop. The Oilers taking on the New York Rangers pregame coverage on TSN 1260. A little shameless plug. You can hear from Tom Gazzola, Matt Cassian, and myself. 6 o'clock on TSN 1260 Friday night. Getting you set for the Oilers Rangers very quickly. Let's give a quick shout-out to our sponsor. NFL fans hungry for a big win this week? DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NFL, has you covered. New customers can bet just $5 on any team to win their game, and if they do, you win $200 in free bets. Winner, winner, chicken dinner, it's that simple. If Sportsbook isn't yet available in your state, DraftKings won't leave you empty-handed. Everyone can play for huge cash prizes all season long with DraftKings Daily Fantasy Sports Contest. DraftKings is giving new customers a free shot at millions of dollars in total prizes with their first deposit. Just download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now and use promo code THPN. Bet just $5 on any NFL team to win their game and win $200 in free bets. If they win, you win with promo code THPN this week at DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NFL. Must be 21 or older, New Jersey, Indiana, or Pennsylvania only. New customers only. Minimum $5 deposit and $1 wager required. One per customer. Restrictions apply. See DraftKings.com slash sportsbook for details. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. 
We are back in one final interview I want to get to today here on the Other Connor podcast. And something very cool happened down at Rogers Place on a Monday night. It was Indigenous Celebration Night. And the Oilers did a lot of cool stuff to celebrate the Indigenous culture here in the Edmonton region. And one of the things was a modified logo. And we are very fortunate to have the man on who designed this logo, Lance Cardinal. Local artist, you can give him a follow on Twitter, at LanceCardinal75. That's also his Instagram account if you want to check that out and see some of his other work. Lance, thanks so much for doing this today. How are you doing? Hey, I'm doing great. Time set. Thanks so much for having me here today. Well, really glad you could do this because uh, we had a lot of questions about the logo and, and the meaning behind it. Everyone seemed to love it from what we saw. Now, before we get into that logo specifically, Lance, uh, your career in art, was this something that you always wanted to do or was it something that kind of you got into later on in life? Well, you know what? I've always uh, been an artist since I was a little kid. I, you know, I've been into sculpture, painting, drawing, those kind of things. I've been a very, you know, creative person my whole life. Um, you know, I went to school, you know, to a fine arts school here in Edmonton, the Victoria School for the Arts. I uh, started, and you know, as an actor, actually, as a performer professionally, uh, doing theater, musicals, singing, dancing, all that kind of stuff. Um, and then moved to Vancouver to pursue a professional career as a performer. But I, while I was there, um, you know, a lot of my friends who were doing theater didn't have anyone to do their set designs for their, their stage shows. So I was kind of asked as an artist, which I sort of was, not as much as I am now, um, to, to do some design. And I thought, oh, I'd give it a shot. So I went and got all the library books I could on how to do set design, taught myself how to be a designer. And then I uh, started doing set design in Vancouver. Um, and then after that, I, I got I fell in love with all that kind of work and, and went to uh, the Emily Carr University for art and design while I was there in Vancouver. And it was incredible. I learned a lot about myself as an artist and, and learned, you know, some indigenous perspectives, things like that. And uh, so that sort of is where I began my art, you know, more full time. Started doing sculptures and, and gallery shows in, in Vancouver in the Lower Mainland, uh, showcasing my art as an indigenous sculptor and things like that. Yeah, and I mean, I, I highly recommend people check out your Instagram account, uh, LanceCardinal75, like I said, for some of your other work. Now, uh, for something like this that the Oilers did on Indigenous Celebration Night on a Monday, I mean, that's not something that just comes together very quickly. I'm sure there was a lot of planning that went into it. So how did they approach you and, and kind of ask you to do this design? Well, you know what, they've sort of been working on this idea of an Indigenous Celebration Night for a while. And, you know, and I think uh, what they they saw my work um, with the Rugby World Champions uh, that were here in Edmonton, and I, I had designed the medals for them uh, with an Indigenous style on it. And, and the Oilers saw my work with them and, and approached me and said that they were looking at having an Indigenous Celebration Night but wanted some guidance, wanted someone to come in and help them sort of represent correctly and authentically, um, you know, to make sure that what was being done was appropriate, was going to work for, you know, the community and things like that. So they brought me in, and uh, that's kind of how it started. Now, when when you went to start this whole thing, I mean, I, I'm sure your mind was going crazy with all the things that you can do with the logo. It's such a, a historic look in the NHL, but there's so much stuff you can do with it. Uh, what is the significance behind the turtle? Well, when we thought about um, bringing, you know, something local that was that was going to be relatable to all nations here in, in Alberta, especially, you know, the First Nations, Métis and Inuit people, and even Indigenous people all over Canada, uh, we, uh, we I were trying to think of something that was universal. And to me, the idea of the turtle uh, was something that most nations do uh, celebrate and have in, in their, their legends and stories, particularly the uh, thought of Turtle Island, which is what this logo is based on. And Turtle Island is something that we, uh, the Indigenous people of Canada, call North America. 
all of North America, all the way from the top to the bottom of the United States is what we call Turtle Island. And the reason it's called this is because um, the shape of the continent is actually like a, a large turtle. And the, the, the shell patterns that you see in a lot of turtles do make up a lot of the different uh, areas of, of North America. So that's kind of why that, the idea of, of Turtle Island came along, not to mention something that would bring everyone together, all of Canada, uh, First Nations and, you know, um, people who are, who are not in the First Nations <laughs> to, to really come together and celebrate hockey and celebrate the Oilers um, and this really historical moment of, of, uh, of acknowledging Indigenous people. So how tough was it to get down to the final design? I mean, I'm sure there was modifications you had to make and things like that. Like, at what point were you like, okay, this is this is how I want it to look and it's perfect as it is right now? You know what? The process was actually quite amazing with working with the, with the Oiler uh, team. You know, as I said before, they were you know they gave me a lot of leeway, saying you know we're here to listen, we're here to an Indigenous person, uh, you know, to make sure that we are uh, representing appropriately. So they gave me a lot of leeway, to, and 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 I really appreciated that. But the design team at the Oilers, you know, they they're really incredible. They, we work together as a you know in collaboration with my work and my thoughts and my drawings and my designs, and they brought it to that sort of Oilers moment and and really uh, took it home and, and and polished it up. But you know, it's just this first step in a in like a long term relationship that they're trying to build with our Indigenous community, and especially with me now as a, a consultant and advisor, my role is going to be ongoing uh, with the team, so it's very exciting. So is this something that we can expect to be an annual thing with the Oilers, or is it going to be kind of worked in throughout the years? What's the plan going forward? Well, you know what? We now have that uh, beautiful land acknowledgement that's spoken there by Chief Woody Little Child. Uh, that's going to be happening at every home game, uh, which is an amazing new thing the Oilers are doing. So, like I said, this is a long-term idea. This, of course, will happen every year, the celebration night. But throughout the year, we're also going to be releasing other Indigenous uh, elements to the game. Uh, merchandise. There's even some new jerseys that I've designed, uh, Indigenous-style jerseys, that will be uh, released very soon. They were sort of, uh, you know, premiered at, at, at the game on Monday. And so we're going to be working on those for the next while to release some jerseys and possibly some more um, hats and things like that to have that, that Turtle Island logo as well as the new ribbon shirt style jerseys that are coming out very soon. <laughs> if I know Oilers fans, they will uh, be all over that. Well, Lance, thanks so much for doing this. I really appreciate you sharing the backstory, and uh, we'll have to get you on again down the road maybe when some more stuff happens. That sounds great. So much, thanks so much for having me here today. Well, great stuff from Lance Cardinal, the man behind the Oilers modified logo for the Indigenous Celebration Night. Check it out on his Instagram page, LanceCardinal75. You can also follow him on Twitter, at LanceCardinal75. And uh, just a real cool thing that the Oilers do to really embrace that. And very cool to hear Lance saying that he'll be involved with this going forward. And the Indigenous Celebration Night is something that the Oilers will continue to do every season, among other things. So really appreciate Lance for hopping on the podcast today. Great conversation. And one more time, check out his work on Instagram. Uh, You can search up the username LanceCardinal75. And that's going to do it for another edition of the Other Connor Podcast. Really appreciate you tuning in today. Big thank you to Lance Cardinal, of course. Also, Hernan Salas, who covers the Oilers with TSN 1260. And a Rangers beat reporter with the Athletic, Arthur Staple. Of course, the Oilers taking on the Rangers on Friday night, 7.30 buck drop. Pre-game show on TSN 1260 starting at 6 o'clock. Tune in for that one. Enjoy the weekend. We'll talk to you next week here on the Other Connor Podcast. Thanks for tuning in to the Other Connor Podcast. New shows drop every Tuesday and Friday wherever you get your podcasts from.